Hey everyone, welcome to the Creative Life, and I'm your host Chris Tysis, and we have a guest with us, Mr. Mang. Mr. Mang, insert name. Mr. Insert name, who's here for our second guest, um, first time appearance on, I think this is lucky 13th podcast or something? Oh, it had to be. It's got to be something metal when I'm involved. Yeah. It's not Friday though. Not Friday. Not Friday, not just one day off. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Thursday today is. I know what year it is. Yeah, well, you're doing better than me. I just know that it's a Thursday and I'm here. Yeah, so we're living in the year after the end of the world. And um, we're here to talk about video game preservation. Yes. Um, Because that was in the news, I think, a month ago. Yeah, about that. Um, The... What was the situation there? Um, it was Sony's decision to shut down the Vita store and the PS3 store, mm. so you can't buy anything from the store anymore. And they apparently they didn't tell a couple of devs that were working on a Vita game. Oh dear! And uh, a lot of people were worried about not being able to buy from the oh, shop. I'm, to, be, to be honest, I'm shocked that they're still making games for Vita to start with, because uh, while I personally loved it, um, the the uptake just wasn't there you know people uh, I, i'm assuming it came down to price and a lack of marketing because the the original psp was a success but no one seemed to get into the beta which is a damn shame because there were so many great games well yeah well they did um the mass of what the games would be lost and i think it's 139 games yeah. <clears throat> that you won't be able to get in more you know exclusives on the ps3 and Vita. yeah and, yeah um ps store I think might be probably shut down by now yeah so the, the, the process for for getting those games onto the Vita was uh, you'd you'd log in on your console or um, mm. you know there were there were other methods but um, most of it was for, for the average user we all had a ps3 or a ps4 uh, you go on there you download your game you plug in your Vita and transfer it across uh, saved you a lot of time and effort instead of just uh, using the Vita itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that they're deprecating the old systems, we've moved on to PS5, they're shutting down the PS3, the Vita, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, there's a, It's a, a standard end-of-life process. And they have, they have been warning us for quite a while, but, yeah, evidently they did not do their due diligence in notifying developers well yeah which is um <clears throat> wasn't too great by sony i was a bit surprised about it. i think it's um, shutting down in the next three months or four months or not that long yeah um that they'll be um sort of getting rid of that um <clears throat> but nintendo in the past has done it they shut down the wii shop people were upset about that yeah, yeah um i think the ds store was pulled down too but the wii u shop is still up after <laughs> the Wii U, after no, like eight, eight years. It's now, a, eight it's years. a it's an oversized Vita, and you know. Yeah. It. <laughs> so yeah, well, funny enough, they they basically have like ported nearly every main Nintendo game to the Switch, and um, yeah, they have. have gone gone on to do well. But um, it's interesting that um, there is you you can do PS4 games on the PS5. Yeah, the yeah. other generations you can't. Where Microsoft. It's the only one that actually really puts in the effort to with their Game Pass, which has been really good, and 
um, backwards compatibility. Yeah, well, as we've been discussing earlier, you know, um, in my my personal opinion, as far as software side of things goes, Microsoft have always had the advantage there. They they are a software company. They dabble in hardware, but um, they're they're software focused, and I think that they've made a lot of smart moves. Now, this generation. Mm. after completely screwing up the last one they've made a lot of smart moves on the software side mm. um yeah backwards compatibility just straight out of the box it works that's brilliant whereas on the sony side of things 99.9 percent of games are compatible but you don't have that full optimization uh the, from from a hardware perspective as as far as i i can remember they've effectively split um, they've split it off so that you're effectively running in an emulator instead of running it native. That means that uh, while it'll work, it's not optimized. You might encounter some crashes, you might encounter some glitches, and some functionality might be lost. Not ideal, but a hell of a lot better than we got with the, um, with the PS4. It just wasn't backwards compatible. The launch model of the PS3 was backwards compatible, but they scrapped that because it, that's a, one of the biggest reasons why it was so damn expensive. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, um, I think Microsoft definitely got an edge. Well, I think that's the big advantage um, compared to well, you look at Nintendo and really the, all they've done is put a few NES and Super Nintendo games on the Switch. Oh, they ported everything from the Wii U to the Switch because that made sense and it has worked out for them. <clears throat> they've got the gold mine of games, but they've never really done the whole Netflix come and subscribe to all of our games. Mm, because, uh, yeah, Microsoft's really pushing this uh, digital platform now with, with games on demand, stra- mm. streaming services. Uh, who was it that tried to launch a a streaming game streaming service uh, oh, last year? It was oh. Google. Yeah. Google Stadia, which um. Yeah, and it just did not did not work. That it's, it's it's still around. Yeah. <laughs> no one cares. Yeah, and, and it was a massive no flop. Massive flop. Yeah. Um, Microsoft, on the other hand, have taken <laughs> it and run with it. Um, mm. Sony have been doing something similar for quite a while yeah. now with PlayStation Now, but uh, I suppose I've probably got a different perspective because in Australia, at the time that PlayStation Now came out, it wasn't viable for Australian internet. We have garbage internet. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Um, that's, that's an issue probably why Google Stadia wouldn't work. But I don't know, Microsoft's xCloud. Yeah. They might probably be the clueriest ones to work it out. Yeah, well, they, they already have the pre-existing yeah. infrastructure, and that's the, the biggest component yeah. of these kind of streaming services. They are, they've been at it for God knows how long. They know what they're doing, and they've, they've got the services to back them up. Absolutely. And um, I think with... Um, and it's, it's weird, like, you know, I get the Sony for the Sony games and third-party stuff, I get Nintendo for the exclusive, but Microsoft... I'm not too sure what the huge appeal is there, apart from game pass but i kind of feel like you could pick up a game a xbox on the cheap and just have game pass each month and you have enough games to be yeah. happy with as that third console you know and i was a little worried about you know people doing game pass and people not buying those games yeah but 
apparently the data shows that a lot of indie games get picked up well if they play for a month or two on there and it leaves the shop and you have to buy it they will actually walk it out hell yeah and so, uh, the, the thing with indie games is that they're generally they're not like these overly bloated AAA titles where they're trying to make you play the same game for six months you know um, yeah. indie games tend, tend to be more concise experiences um, they're cheap Mm-hmm. They plug out your weekend. Uh, they're definitely on the rise, and if you can get it on a streaming service, even better. Well, yeah, that's the thing. So that would be tempting um, to sort of do, or even Game Pass for PC for PC users who yeah. into that sort of thing. Yeah. So um, you know, they tend to also not be too uh, hardware intensive, um, which opens up a far wider audience. Mm. That's true. As far as PC goes, <clears throat> well, yeah, yeah. And having that uh, that crossover between uh, your console games and your PC, with the way Xbox is working, you can you, you can play between the two different platforms. Mm. With all that, yeah, it's a convenience thing. Yeah, that's true. And um, it's interesting with all three of them. Um, you know, taking different routes. I mean, I'm not too sure. I mean, was, there was a, a comment that the Sony CEO made, and I think, I don't know what game he was talking about, because it just lost my mind. And he was at some events for this game. I don't know if it was Forenza, but it had like four entries in the game series. Uh, Forza Motorsport, is that the one? Could be. And he was at the event, and he, and he said, oh, they had all these four, all the four different versions of the game. And I just sit there and I look at the two old ones and I go, why would anyone play that? It looks ugly. Yeah. That's his... And I think that might be an idea into why Sony just doesn't quite take yeah. it as seriously. Um, I, think, no. I think in terms of uh, games that you're playing for nostalgia purposes, hmm. um, if, you're on a, if you're on Sony uh, consoles, then you tend to have to shell out for you know a remastered version or you know in some way tweak to to run on the current console you tend to pay more um but i think with when when we're talking about legacy games like that the only people who are buying it are people who are invested in it Mm. and they will pay (laughs) oh yeah um like me personally, I'm I, I love Tekken three so damn much. Old school games like Zone of the Enders, the uh, the the early Metal Gear games, and I did I did shell out to to get playable copies. Um, PS three era, mm. uh, I was I, I spent a good amount of cash getting the original Metal Gears the collection you know uh, from back on PS1 and uh, I think it was the the original Metal Gear would have been Mega Drive I think possibly mm. either that okay. or either, and, and SNES I know it, I know it hit a couple of different consoles but yeah I paid <laughs> yeah um, <clears throat> so I think they're not that concerned with the niche gamers yeah um 
it doesn't make sense from a from a financial from a financial perspective unless uh, people are going to pay up and they know that the niche gamers will pay up. Well, yeah, that's true. Well, they can just do a remaster or yeah, and do it like that. That's probably what works for them as as, as the brand. Yeah, um, they're probably making damn good money off it. Mm. But um, yeah, it's it's going to be um. So there is a, a video game museum, I think, that does um, preserve games, physical copies and things like that, and consoles and things like that. Yeah, well, we've got one in Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it's uh, was it the National uh, Sound and Film Archives, I believe. Yeah. And they also do video games. Yeah, I do. I've definitely heard of that. Um, definitely they do um, music and films, and, and um, video games have been an addition. Yeah, but it'd be interesting if there was some sort of more international body that would just—it's kind of a requirement that you just give a copy to them, like that, the library. That would be damn cool. And it just goes unlocking games, all right, and you know they can show it off. Yeah, I, I think that would be amazing. Um, and from from another you know angle, uh, obviously we're not promoting it, but uh, people people have been producing mods and and their own digital versions of these games for a long time well yes um, you, know, yeah. you run an emulator and then you got the game yep um, so I think there'll always be a, a push and a backup uh, from the community to preserve these games oh yeah definitely in the, the internet age now yeah and it'll, it'll have a very different focus than uh, than the market will because it, it, it's always going to come down to who likes what, the individual, instead of uh, what a corporation thinks. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And I think that um, that's, that's the sad thing about it. But um, I wonder how they could make it a bit more appealing. But maybe as consoles go on now, compatibility between the consoles, that might be... I think Nintendo has been trying to do that, saying, yes, you'll be able to keep your account for further consoles in yeah, the future. They've, they've been trying to, yeah. They've made an effort recently. Mm. Uh, historically, they were kind of terrible at it, but they, yeah. they've definitely been making some spri- uh, some strides of late. Um, so with, with the NVIDIA chip, and they wanted to keep it to that, and so yeah. they can do the portable and the home stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's worked out for them well so far. And, you know, with Sony, they've been fine with um, PS4 and PS5, the same stuff they've been using, the same chip, the same... Yeah, so they, they were working on uh, the same architecture for for a while. Um, most recently, they've, they've changed track. It's been for the first time in some time. And they're effectively, again, I'm not an expert on this, but they've partitioned off within the hardware old architecture and new mm. so when you're running a game that's uh, like a legacy game you're actually using a a different process altogether okay and they've managed to package that into one one unit which is probably why it's so damn big the right. ps5 is huge and remember the, P- the ps3 yeah. that was backwards compatible was free and huge too yeah that was a chunky boy definitely the, the disc version of the ps5 is a chunky on its side yeah 
Yeah. Ah, they're, and they're very tall. Very tall. Oh, yeah. So I guess they're packing a lot of stuff. It was basically like mini computers now, I guess. With all the stuff they put in, technology. And yeah, I think uh, it's a, as the generations have rolled on, uh, mm. consoles have become more and more similar to a desktop PC, especially lately in terms of form factor. They're still a lot more portable. They're still smaller, but in order to produce the results that they do, they've had to get larger and they're yeah. starting to be, become a somewhat similar form factor. And last last gen, there were all these problems with heating. Uh, so they've got a lot more space in them now to factor in for ventilation and that kind of thing. But yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah. So when, when we're talking about uh, video game preservation, mm-hmm. what do you think the main reasons, the main points are, aside from I want to play it? <laughs> Um, I think for, um, it would be for historical reasons, you know, people's past works and that, um, uh, preserving it because especially consoles and rare con like physical stuff. Um, yeah. some consoles didn't sell that much like the Dreamcast and Wii U. God, I love the Dreamcast. Um, there were some great games on Dreamcast. Yeah. And even the more obscure stuff that like sell five million or you know yeah. like the virtual boy half a million yeah um even well even sony oh sony's vrs have done all right the 10 15 million i've, I've heard numbers that sold yeah well yeah. I, I had one um i really enjoyed the use i got out of it it doesn't work quite as good for me as for other people i think because i got one one dodgy eye but mm-hmm. um i thought i thought it was a good entryway because mm. it was so much cheaper than all the, uh, all the oh, other yeah. VR stuff on, on the market yeah. and it, it definitely wasn't the best but it was affordable accessible for the masses and mm. so it seemed to have uh, pretty good uptake yeah I definitely agree with that I might get one one day or well, the new one that they've yeah, announced yeah they're rolling the out a new one it'll be it'll be cool to see what sort of advancements they've made and keeping in mind that uh, the VR for the most part, um, was PC specific, and you needed to have a damn good PC that was capable of it to start with. Yeah. So uh, now, with the previous uh, VR units for for Sony, they were very much limited by the hardware that was already available, and mm-hmm. it was already several years old. Yeah, and times move quick. Yeah, it's um, amazing how old. Tech is now. Yeah. The light wall's now officially last gen, so yeah. eight years old. So I think the the process with the old one was you had your PS4 and then you had a breakout box. Yeah. And, and that was the original PS4. Now there's and only the just PS4 one core. Pro and then a breakout box still. Um, yeah. This new one will be able to take advantage of a lot more of that uh, processing power for the, the new units, the PS5. Well, yeah, which would be good. And, um, yeah, well, I, I can't think of much else um, to chat about this this topic, but um, I think pre- video game preservation probably will get more important as the I'm decades not, go on. I'm going to disagree with you strongly that we haven't discussed artistic value. Oh, we haven't okay. Did, we haven't discussed... Um, the artistic yeah. value of it? Well, yeah, well, we'll talk about that then. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah not see, that. See, this is the thing. 
the thing that I notice with mm-hmm. so many, well, in any type of media, is that someone does it first and no one cares. No yeah. one even looks at it. Mm-hmm. And then you see these ideas recycled into a big hit much yeah. later down the track. Any brilliant movie director, their first film, no one cares about. Yeah. But down the line, everyone does. And a lot of people want to go back and see these earlier works so they can see the progression. Now, this might, might be from, a, you know, again, another niche thing. People mm-hmm. who are massive cinephiles, people who are hardcore gamers. But it's great to see that progression along the way. And the people who are really invested will go back and look at those things. Mm. So we're, we're going to pick some kind of um, series. Let's take Final Fantasy, one of the yep. biggest series of all time. Mm-hmm. People play Final Fantasy fifteen. They go mental over it. And then they they hear all the hype about Final Fantasy VII. They want to go back and they want to look. And then when you've got all of these remasters, remakes, reboots. So we've now got a new Final Fantasy VII out. Mm. People are playing that and then they, they might have completely missed that the first time around. They want to go back and see what that game was okay. when it first came out. Mm. I think it's really important that we keep archiving these things because you never know what's going to be popular. Mm. 90% of the movies that are coming out these days are just recycles of stuff that came out in the 50s and 60s. Mm. How much did we lose because something wasn't popular at the time? No one cared at the time. Mm. Probably a fair bit. Yeah. Depending on each... um the means of entertainment I mean there's you know it's a bit in video games um, yeah. some innovations that weren't sort of caught the eye of people and then someone else sort of took it and run with it yeah so I, I would say that there's a, a fair bit of content um, around that but yeah I think definitely you've got to keep the originals and the remasters and remakes and some of them are um, quite different to yeah. the original well uh one, one of the things that uh, one of the reasons that something might not take off at the time is just because it doesn't just doesn't sit within the current public consciousness well mm. might have different attitudes might have different ideas that people just can't relate to right now mm-hmm. but 20 years from now those things might suddenly become very very relevant um, and it'd be a shame if people couldn't have access to it now mm. or 20 years from now I just feel like we're, we're losing a lot of ideas. Um, the, the technical aspect, graphics and all that sort of stuff isn't really the important thing so much as the ideas behind uh, ideas for mechanics and, and direction. Because yeah, I know um, people who preserve these video games, there's a huge number, like 800 games from old Sony consoles, and a lot of them were demos. Yeah. And, um, Tech demos. Tech demos were quite could be quite different to the official release, and they might have had coding in there, which was interesting. And uh, the hackers and the people sort of discover things about the game. Yeah, they well, could have been in there or not. That's part of the development process. Basically, you start off with shooting for the stars and going for your absolute ideal, and then things get scaled back over time. Content gets cut. Mm. Uh, a lot of that due to the restrictions of the available technology. Yeah. 
but let's say um, we, we look at someone like uh, George Lucas who started off in the middle of a story mm-hmm. and I think he's been on the record saying that a lot of it was due to technical limitations yeah then later on he had, he has to go and pad out the rest of the story you know yeah um, once the technology becomes available so similarly with a video game development process a lot of stuff gets left on the cutting room floor gets mm-hmm. phased out because console PC whatever just can't handle that scope mm-hmm. well if that code base still exists it's going to be so much easier to remake it in the future once that technology is available you look at uh, Final Fantasy 8 mm-hmm. the lost Final Fantasy <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, yeah that's that's the reason that that particular game never got a remaster or anything they, they lost it and that's unbelievable people want to know people want to play but it doesn't matter whether it's good or bad the ideas are still relevant and I think it's a shame that people can't pay <clears throat> pad out their experience with the, the full experience of that series I don't know if it was Square Enix or another company but they had too lost the coding to their game of long ago and yeah. Nintendo was like oh yeah we've got it here yeah. from like 20 years ago so it seems like they do preserve it to a certain extent the yeah. coding of all their games it would be great if there was a um, bit more of a cross platform effort uh, mm. with everyone in the industry involved to just you know, keep things on record. I think uh, the loss of anything is a shame. Mm. Uh, trying to think, another another example would be Bach. <laughs> Didn't become popular until a good hundred years after his death, and now he's you know, <laughs> he's, one of the he's most... big. He's <laughs> yeah. pretty big now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah. Th- different things for different times. Mm. Losing anything is just terrible. So. Yeah. You never know. But that's all i got to say about that. All right. Rant over. <laughs> Rant over? All right. I, I can't think of anything else to, to talk about too, but I'm sure that there will be plenty of topics to um, be talking about down the line. I think there's, um, <clears throat> for those pod, uh, listeners out there, before we go, there's all these anniversaries, that are video game anniversaries coming up. Hell yeah. So there is, um, I'll do the Animal Crossing 10th. Oh, 20th. Yeah. Uh, to myself there is also um, you're a brave man bringing up Animal Crossing around me probably the I say the biggest I know there's Zelda 35th yeah but I think one of the biggest ones would be the N64 turning 25 Mm. and the Wii 15 there is also Donkey Kong turns 40 it begins at 40 really from that's crazy the original Donkey Kong arcade to Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze all of his little spin-offs and yeah, still a good um, game. Still a good game. Still the original. Worked Fun. out. And what other anniversaries were there? Bloody hell. Um, Skyrim, 10th birthday. Yeah. And, and we've got about uh, the half hour anniversary of my last drink. Well, so. yeah. And that, that will be uh, part of it too. But um, yes, it will be interesting. Um, uh, Yoshi turns 32. That's another one. Damn, Yoshi older than me? Yeah, he's about the same age, yeah. Oh. Because... Um, and, and oddly enough, um, when I was born two days previously, yeah. that's when Super Mario Brothers was released in America. Huh. In the NES. Was ready for you. We've robbed the robot. Robbed the robot. To um, 
to convince them that it's not a video game console. It's just a toy because mm. of the crash. But, um, yeah, interesting stuff. But um, I think I shall wrap it up. Big thanks to Mr. Mang oh, thank coming you, on. It's all good, all good. And uh, we shall see you next time on The Creative Life. We'll see you later on. <laughs>